0: I finally made dinner. I made broccoli, which I got the other day, and Indian sauce, which I brought from home, and the little red lentils, which I brought from home. That's sort of my go-to meal, and I finally made it, which is good because that will conserve resources because I had two sushi rolls the night before, yesterday, and it cost 20 bucks with tip And I had one sushi roll before and that was $10 with tip, which isn't as bad, but I've been feeling a bit hungrier lately, could be all the extra medication I'm taking. So that's why I had two sushi rolls, but then it's 20 bucks and 20 bucks a day for just dinner is a bit too much. So I need to overcome my laziness and cook so I will do that I'm glad that I broke the ice with that and so I'm sitting by the ocean I'm going to do a bit of reading I might do my coherence breathing with the heart math device that I got because I'm not having very many calm minutes of breathing a day according to Spire so something I could do to bring in the calm breathing. Could be a good thing. I'm not sure. I'm reading a book by Dr. Joe Dispenza called Becoming Supernatural. And I'm on a chapter where he's describing how Thought and feeling can influence the brain and body. So he's talking about experiments where people were asked to imagine themselves lifting a weight or doing a bicep curl or flexing their bicep as hard as they can every day for 15 minutes for 12 weeks. And I think they found that just by thought alone, they were able to increase their strength by close to 11 percent and I have a few things to say about this one is that if that person was to actually lift a weight for 15 minutes a day for 12 weeks they probably would have gained a lot more strength than only 11 percent and then also If that person is imagining lifting a weight for 12 weeks but then doesn't intend to actually lift a weight later on, they've just wasted a bunch of energy building brain cells and neural networks that they're not going to use. And there was another experiment they did where people practiced the piano, like a scale or something, and then other people imagined themselves practicing the piano. And, I th- and they didn't actually play the piano or move their fingers or anything. And I think they measured in that one like the brain area. So the brain area in the people who imagined had grown just as much than in the people that did the actual thing. But then the thing was that the people who imagined playing the piano, they couldn't play it as well as the people who actually practice it so they could do it not too bad considering they didn't ever play the piano but again had they actually played the piano actually done the physical action then that would have been more powerful so to say that we can think about something and that grows the brain Unless we're hoping to use that, then it's kind of irrelevant, so those people weren't never were never intending to play the piano; they just grew their brain for no reason, and the people that played the thing gained the skill more adequately and Now I'm not saying don't imagine anything. I'm just wondering like those things that they're doing in those experiments, they're mechanical things. So a bicep curl or playing piano, those are mechanical things. And piano playing has set limits. The notes, bicep curls have set limits. How much you can lift, the motion of the arm is very limited. We can only go like that with our bicep and or like this. So it's pretty limited. So what I'm trying to say is each moment of every day is not a bicep curl or a scale on the piano. It is so infinite that even if we were to try to imagine something in order to grow certain brain cells to hope that that might bring that into experience as new we're still creating a pattern which is so limited so for me I'm on this trip on the island and had I looked at a map and practiced in my mind where I was going to go mapped it all out I wouldn't have done what I've done so far which is look around look at the signs oh look there's a trail there oh blah 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 And I'd be missing out on what in touchness with the moment unfolds as action in my flow of life. I don't even want to call it an experience. Because the book is also talking about the known versus the unknown. If I try to practice something in my brain, I think that I know what the unknown is. And then I'm hoping that what I just practice in my brain, which I just made known, will happen. Well, it's again a movement of the limited known. So, yeah. And also, I was seeing that... What this could be showing in terms of people using the will of thought and emotion to strengthen the brain and thus partly strengthen the body as a result so people imagining strengthening their bicep or flexing it as hard as they can but not flexing it so they're flexing their bicep in their brain but not in their body now I think what this points to is how with every thought we think, it strengthens the self. So if, th- if thinking and imagining flexing my bicep changes my brain, creates neural pathways about flexing the bicep so that when I do eventually test my strength and compare it, I am a little bit stronger. But I haven't done that. All I've done is an action of thought. And thought thinks it is doing things. So thought is is the doer. The will. So what I'm trying to say is every time we think I am this, they are that, any thought, it's not related to the infinite universe at all. But what it is doing is it's strengthening the brain cells of the self and augmenting those. And then if you can imagine that that self that strengthens those brain cells, it's actually controlling our muscles. So in the same way, we were able to imagine flexing our bicep and then after 12 weeks of 15 minutes of day of that which is just who would want to do that it gets a bit stronger so we're flexing the muscle of the self in our brain every day all day long and that has infected and influenced every single one of our muscular movements and we can't move freely we're we're moving in this prison of thought So to me, the whole willing the the bicep to be stronger, thought is the action of will. I want, I desire, I wish, I want to become. All of that infects our whole musculature and makes it so those thoughts are controlling that. Just like the will of making the bicep stronger made it stronger. While our biceps are infected with the thoughts of the self and how we move our bicep is infected by how we're addicted to certain foods and we're shoving things in our face, we're infected by this thought. And the book's talking about, you know, probably better thoughts or thoughts of the unknown in order to bring the unknown. The unknown is right in front of us every single second of every single day. We don't have to think about it or imagine it in order for it to be there the movement of will is what makes us blind to the now i'll do this over here and it's like whoa it's all here it's all right here right now so and we don't see that So I was grateful for reading that because it sort of allowed me to see a mechanism of how thoughts of I and thoughts of self have innervated all of our nerves and infiltrated all of our nerves and our whole brain. And our brain, the way it's structured, is an inflammation of thought and the self. And then how that makes us act towards others. We act as if they're separate from us. Our gestures and how we look. But it's not true. I was kind of seeing that we seem to think that thought is in our head or that we're in our head and that I think my thoughts But I was sort of seeing that it's possible that thought is outside the brain cells. It's not in the brain cells. Like, what's in the brain cells is the biological mechanism. And there's this thought going on sort of outside of the brain cells. But it's giving information... that was the other thing was that if thought was outside of the brain cells and this outer environment that I'm in right now is outside of the brain cells it's outside my head too it seems what I'm trying to say say is it's all outside we think of inside and outside in terms of inside me that people can't see is going on but it's outside the brain cells possibly like a noise and why I'm saying it's possible that it's outside the brain cells is that the brain cells perceive it and the brain cells likely don't perceive what's going on in the brain cells But if something's outside the brain cells, it's possible to perceive it. I don't know if this is true, but I was thinking that could be possibly why the brain can't tell the difference between what we think, or what we think we think, what we imagine, which is on the inside, in quotes, and what's going on outside. It could be because thought is outside the brain cells and I remember watching Bruce Lipton Dr. Bruce Lipton's video, The Biology of Belief and he was saying that in order for something to be perceived on the outside of a cell from the outside to get the signal inside there has to be a receptor so I was sort of thinking that the brain cells likely have receptors on them for thought so brain cells can perceive thought but it's possible that thought isn't really a property of the brain cells but it can be perceived by the brain cells perceived as something outside the brain so it's giving the brain cells information on how to move this body around but it's not really coherent because it's moving the body around the human body around according to human condition structures that have been evolving not really evolving but being added to for thousands and thousands of years So it's like this energy of the machinery of thought that has us acting like human machines in this structure of society and seeing ourselves as separate from each other because thought has separated itself. From the biology. Meaning. There's a self in the brain. Like there's a bunch of brain cells obviously. But we also think there's a self in there. Some kind of energy. Of some kind of entity. Perceiving. But it could. Be. The brain cells and the senses and everything operating together, if they were operating together, they would see what is now and act based on now, not act based on this mechanism and machinery of thought. So it seems like thought has taken over the machinery of the biology by sort of being outside the biology and it might not necessarily be outside the biology per se like it might not be outside the cell per se but it's seeing itself as something separate it's it's the brain cells can't clearly see because there's this thought going on in amongst the brain cells and the brain cells are perceiving that or processing that and trying to use that to help move about in this world. But the trouble is that we've assumed that they are my thoughts. We think there's a me there that thinks thoughts and that they're mine. Now, why would we think that? I'm not sure. To me, there doesn't seem to be anything there. So the other thing about when I had that insight about how it's possible that thought is outside the brain, cells. A cell is a unit of life, so what the cells perceive is what changes the genetic expression. I'm all in my head and moving according to thought then I'm sort of dragging my body along and the body is getting weaker whereas if all the energy was inhabited equally in the body the body would likely stay stronger because the body the feet, the muscles are propriocepting, they're perceiving actuality whereas if energy is withdrawn from that then the body would naturally get weaker and I have a sense that this is possible because in the so-called high energy state of so-called mania my body was so much stronger. I didn't have to lift any weights. It was just automatically stronger. So, you know, thinking about one little muscle for 12 weeks for 15 minutes a day. You know, that's just us really wanting to will one tiny fragment of reality under our control. And there is no me there to control anything it's kind of an illusion and when the brain is lost in illusion then it sort of weakens the whole structure and what I might say is that there's this energy of thought outside the brain cells, but co-opting the brain cells. And then there's an energy of the universe, the totality. And when that thought isn't there, that energy of the universe can be what is perceived you know, outside the brain cells Clearly, the brain cells can get a clear picture of it. Because, you know, I'm sitting here, I'm talking about outside my brain cells. And outside my head, but my head is inside the universe. And usually people have this chattering going on. And that chattering makes us feel like we are separate from the whole universe. Which is absolutely not true. Like, I can see it right now. I can feel it right now. I'm inside the universe. I'm part of it. I'm... I'm not separate. And I feel that that is what gets perceived... By the brain cells. When that chatter is silent, what is in front, that is what gets into the brain cells. Because it's all around and then the brain seeing what is creates a clear picture of it for, for perception to see. Brain can paint a clear picture. It's possible we partly think we're separate because we don't have eyes on the back of our head. We feel like we're looking at a movie screen. We don't see that we are the screen, the projector, the light, everything. But I can see there's stuff behind me, so definitely totally surrounded by the universe. And not even surrounded, I'm I am the universe looking at itself. that I found by climbing down these blocks. So I think the important point with that Dr. Joe dispenses stuff is that We place too much emphasis on creating patterns in our brain in order to move about the world. No amount of me imagining going to the Galapagos Islands is going to get me there. I need to go online, book a flight, and I'll get there a lot quicker if I go online and book a flight and reservations for accommodations or whatever than I will if I sit there and imagine it and also imagining something that isn't there sets up a conflict in the brain so i don't i don't want to be where i am so i'm going to imagine somewhere else and i think by imagining that that conflict that i've just created will move me into a place where i want to be But it's a trick because even if I were where I thought I wanted to be, as soon as I got there, I'd be creating the next conflict. So moving about in that way doesn't work because if we're at a conflict within, then that is what manifests without the world appears as moving according to conflict. When... Right now I'm sitting by the ocean on the rocks and watching the water. I don't really see any conflict here. But in human structures we think that that's how we need to move is by being in conflict inwardly. Setting up two forces within when there's not even one force within, there's not a self there, there's not a self thinking about itself, there's not a self thinking but the self thinking its thinking is what is conflict and no amount of that is going to create peace or for us to see that we're one with life itself so one with life itself doesn't imply being at conflict in conflict with life but we think we're going to get to some ultimate place by creating conflict when so i don't think we need to build the structures of thinking the right thoughts or imagining the right things it's strengthening the brain's ability to be able to perceive to see clearly And one cannot see clearly if the brain is full of thoughts. Because if the brain cells are busy perceiving thoughts which aren't they aren't related to actuality, then it can't see clearly. It's wasting energy on that. And that that inner conflict would manifest as stress and cortisol. And I just read in his book that stress, cortisol, that releasing cortisol makes the body uh, gather so much energy to move because it's in danger or something. But we're not seeing that thought itself is the danger so, by thinking, thinking is fear, and then we think that we're in danger when the self is the danger. Feeling separate from actuality is the only danger. If we're separate, we manifest as the violent etc etc humans that we are whereas if we saw it's all one and we cooperated and we were had love and compassion which i'm wondering what that is and something different would happen I think that's part of the problem of mania, is that part of the energy is love and compassion and care. But we try to do something with it. We think that we are the cause of it, when there is no cause to it. And that could be one of the reasons why it goes away, because there is no cause. So it sort of uncauses itself, because there was no cause to begin with. And then when we fall out of that, we find ourselves in a place where we need love and compassion. It's like we put that energy into doing something with it, so then back to us as we need, we thought we we were the cause of it, moving outwardly and giving it, and then we end up in a scenario like a psych ward where we need love and compassion from the so-called outside world. society was designed based on that we wouldn't end up in psych wards he's also saying in the book that he's talking about the stress response when we perceive a danger in the outer world and he says all of our attention goes to the outer world but the thing is Usually what we perceive as danger isn't there at all. So we feel it as a threat to the self, but we're not in physical danger. So our attention is on the outer world of the self. So this also might be how the brain is tricked into feeling like there's something going on in the outer world. If the self, if the psychological structure, if thought, which gives the sense of I i'm thinking if that's outside the brain cells so if thought revs up then we think something's happening in the outside world but it's happening in thought so to say that we put our attention on the outside world if we really put our attention on the outside world we'd see that we live in an affluent society where we have way more than 90 percent of the world The rest of the world maybe could feel a little bit like they're in danger, but we aren't. Maybe psychologically, if we can be hurt psychologically, but physically, that's usually not the case. Though there are some instances where we're physically in danger. So I don't know if it is helpful to realize that that thought is an outer phenomenon in terms of how it can be seen by the brain cells and the brain cells could be producing it via how thought epigenetically creates the machinery and the proteins in order to ensure its own survival so it looks like thought has has hijacked the genetics to ensure the survival of thought and then those genetics are what are moving the whole body like if thought is moving a a cell receptor or if it's moving the machinery of the cell in any way to produce proteins those proteins are signaling molecules are signaling how our whole body should move one thought hijacks the whole thing the DNA, all of it and we don't no wonder we don't feel safe because we are being controlled by an outside force it's not the flowering of perception from within it's it's a force that's been going on for thousands of years there's probably an epigenetics related to thought, but then there would be a different epigenetic expression related to direct perception. Like being in nature changes genetic expression. So I read online today that Kate Spade's death was ruled suicide and apparently her husband said that the night before she was, they talked on the phone or something and she was happy and planning a trip to California to see colleges or something and then she's gone. And it said that she was dealing with anxiety and depression for five years and taking medicine, as they call it. So it sounds like she was taking her medicine. Maybe she was taking something else, too. I don't know. Her dad said something about that. And I'm talking like I know these people. Well, I don't. Most of us don't. But another article talked about how when a celebrity dies by suicide and then the details of that are revealed then that can lead to people doing copycat suicides whoa bird scared me and I wonder if sharing the details is what leads to people like a spike in suicides after this type of thing or if it's the fact that if a celebrity with all the material things that they could want does it then what is the hope for people who don't have everything they want materially obviously it's not that simple but i feel that way a little bit if somebody famous who brought joy to a lot of people and had a lot of people in their life and a lot of material stuff, if they, if they do it, well, anyone can do it. So it's really sad. And then I saw on my YouTube page a new song by Christina Grimmie, and I think it was called Little Girl or something, and I listened to it and I just started bawling because it's just so sad. The song is really beautiful and what happened to that beautiful being was so tragic it just breaks my heart so that was this morning and I was walking around the lake again because it's so beautiful and tomorrow it'll probably rain and it's gonna be a bit colder have my feet in the water earthing and laking and watering and I was reading a bit more of Dr. Joe Dispenza's books Becoming Supernatural and it's making more sense now he's talking about well he was talking about the zero point field and the quantum field and he was talking about how how to imagine it in a way is to imagine taking away everything, like the body, the planet, the, the whole, all of the planets, and it's just this big empty void of energy. He described it better than that, but it it fascinated me in a way because that's what I felt I went into last Tuesday. Was this emptiness. It was like I disappeared. Into. The zero point energy field. Or the quantum field. Or whatever you want to call it. And. It could be that the body. Literally disappears. Everything disappears. But this time was the first time. That it didn't scare me. And I was able to go into it. Um, it was annoying because I couldn't sleep and part of that could be because if one goes into emptiness into total infinite energy how is one to sleep right after that you know getting connected with all that energy it's like well it's nighttime I need to sleep this body needs to sleep And I also talked about how another reason I think that it wasn't so bad is that lately I've been practicing not really doing anything. I don't know if it's practicing, but... Being in nature, which is very ancient. It's more ancient than all of the thoughts and conditioning that we have overlaid on our on our bodily systems so it's almost like getting back to zero of a human being is sitting in nature before the need for all this thought and progress and economic growth So I think that was helpful. So transcending the fear, um, transcending the doer. And there could be something that comes online at some point in terms of a movement or action that seems more like a doer, like something is being done. But waiting patiently for that as opposed to thinking that one has to do something because then one is right back in the trap and I think by not creating a movement of trying to do stuff I didn't I didn't really have to experience the death of the doer in that death that is going into the quantum field and it might not even be death but it can feel like death Because that's what happens when we die. As we go back into the quantum field. So. I feel like. When. I think there's this movement in the universe. That is. That is moving us towards being nothing. Not being a doer. And when we're so identified with the doer. When that is trying to die into nothing. Nothing then it can be scary because it feels like we're actually dying which I think has a lot to do with anxiety and panic attacks it's actually the self trying to die and part of what makes it scary is being identified with the doer so if all the doership dies and everything and we go into that emptiness that feels like That feels like everything. That feels like our whole life. Because we haven't realized that we are the entire universe. And going into that emptiness, it's possible that we could come out on the other side of feeling like we're the entire universe. Not being identified with a particular body or place or time. But seeing that we are this whole manifestation at this moment, here and now and everything in in so-called time, like physical evolution time that led up to this moment and everything that will unfold and evolve from this moment in physical time and space. So I think another thing that helped me was spending time in nature because because when one has spent time not doing anything in nature if we're, if we're in a human structure like at home or something sitting and not doing anything we call that maybe meditating or something but we can't do that all the time but with nature we can just sit in it, we don't have to meditate we can appreciate and look and be grateful for its beauty just by virtue of sitting here we don't have to try and do it it's sort of part of being here so I feel that it's possible when one has spent time in nature having a relationship with nature whereas the doer the human doer is mostly not related to nature even if we are in nature we're generally just maybe running through it but not really with it not really with nature so when we've spent time with nature what i'm trying to say in non-doership and this isn't the only strategy but then when we go into the void of the quantum field which can feel like death but it doesn't have to then when it's done we just go back and sit in nature like we were before and we might feel a little different, we might feel like we have less capacity to do than we did before, and what I mean by that is if you think about the so called bipolar cycle people go into mania, so called mania and they can do so much and then like for me it all of a sudden stops and I can't do anything but this time in the later months of how I experienced that movement of energy I just didn't do anything so there was no doership to die because for me the crisis between mania and then like sort of a psychosis-like feeling like death and then depression after, sometimes, is, um, I don't know what I was saying. I think it was something to do with, um, The shift is all of a sudden I can't do all that I was doing as part of it. And if I wasn't doing anything, then there's no grief of the loss of the doer that was energized by that extra energy. that extra energy, I feel like it leads to the void. It leads to death of the doer which is probably why so called mania can't be maintained. And so I've talked about this before how the energy comes in and and part of it since we're usually since we usually use it to augment the doer. It will only come to an end. So that's the trick. And then the trick is also, it ends the doer, whether we like it or not, which is the crisis point, and then dropping into lower states of consciousness. But if we can realize that we need to possibly, I don't know for sure, we need to not put the energy into the doer and... When that energy comes, not do anything. Now, there's probably an action of not doing that comes in at some point, but I feel at first it could be possible that we need to sort of consciously, volitionally, if there's such a thing, not do as a gesture to the universe that we understand that we can't do anything against the universe. or we, Like, the little human movement is so small. And a human can move as the entire universe. Right now we're moving as the little human movement times 7 billion, so it adds up to quite the large effect. But one human moving as the entire universe is probably as powerful as a million or 10 million or 100 million people moving as the little human movement. And I think that's part of the possible waiting process. I'll wait as long as it takes for the universe to come and greet me. I'll wait for the universe to move me. So I think that's why... That's part of why... I don't feel like... I'm experiencing that much of a depression. If you want to call it that. Because I wasn't doing anything anyway. So it's not like... oh now i can't do all that i was doing or now i can't complete that project or like last time i was thinking oh i want to create a business but that's still within the framework of human doing it's something that the human doing would do so perhaps get the energies for something else unknown maybe it's unknowable But perhaps to understand that that energy has been there before, one can understand that it will come back. And instead of wasting it, can we we sort of bow to its power? So if my brain was in a high energy state before and I was in a park mainly, then that energy, high energy state would be probably absorbing a lot of the good energy from the park and from the trees. And I'd like to imagine that, not imagine, but I'd like to make a hypothesis that a brain in a high energy state doing nothing in nature but observing its beauty sends out a kind of signal to the rest of humankind because how the brain works is a lot more mysterious than we think it's not contained to the self to the head isolated It's all one human consciousness. So it has an effect on everybody, even if it's a little effect. So this is, in a way, doing something, in quotes. and Perhaps by not participating in the structure and not energizing that... Like, if I were trying to do that, I say I was doing a lot of peer support work or something, I'd probably still be ending up in the hospital. So here I am trying to help in the system, but then I end up being a customer of the system again and again. And that doesn't help. That takes the space away from somebody else who needs it. That creates so much chaos I even I was walking through the forest and I it came to mind this image I saw somebody share about a crow standing and and crowing to like three or four other crows standing sort of in a semicircle in front of the crows and they were saying how it's pretty obvious that the crows are relaying information how do we know that it's not possible that when the crows look at each other's eyes and make sound that it also carries image information we don't know that it kind of popped in mind that the crow could be cawing and making sort of a uniform noise that's nonsensical to us but it could be transmitting information even in the form of images Like if a crow learns to do something, he might be telling other crows how to do it. And he, by telling other crows, could increase the possibility that other crows' brains pick up on it too without having to be directly in front of the first crow that learned it. But I feel it could be really important for us as human beings to really cultivate a good portion of our life as not doing anything, probably in nature, because if something goes wrong in our doing life and it all falls apart and we can no longer participate in it, even though maybe up until that moment we were fully enjoying it. And then all of a sudden, we're ravaged with anxiety and depression, and and suicidal thoughts, and maybe psychosis, or we di- get diagnosed with bipolar. All of a sudden, we can't do anything that we're just doing, and that is a <clears throat> that's pretty much a death of our whole self. So can we spend time as a human being who has died to the self? Can we do it consciously in a way? So I think I've learned over these seven years, in all the different crises I've experienced. If that, if this last one was a crisis, the actual event wasn't much of a crisis. It was more like going into the quantum nothingness, going into the void. Which, when there's no fear of that, fear is of the body in a way so if there's a fear the body gets afraid and then it does things because it's afraid and it's possible that if the body is so tied into the self that without the self it feels like it's nothing or there's no meaning or there's nothing left then It could be possible that that's part of what leads to a person ending their life. It could be possible that the crisis events are are experienced as pain and suffering and fear and terror until one has gone through it enough to go into emptiness without the fear like enough of it was processed that one can go into death without the fear because last time well the time before this last time it felt like I was killing myself in my brain. But I knew I was laying there in bed. So this is interesting because this last time. there was was a, a point where there was an awareness that I was in bed sleeping. But in my brain... So again, aware that I'm in bed, check, check. But this time my brain realized my body was sleeping at a certain point. Not that I was killing myself but I just realized hey I'm sleeping, what the hell I think there was an awareness that woke up past the current level of awareness that is of the level of human structures that are embedded in the whole being So there was another level of awareness and that could be similar to the awareness that was there when I saw those magical golden forest bits. You know, and it could be possible that when people end their life, they go into the quantum and they come out in a new possibility for themselves that doesn't include the world that they were living that was part of the self-structure. So the world that was that person up to that point... That whole world dies with that person. And then everyone in that world mourns the the loss of that person. But that person, they go into possibility. I don't know if they really die. Who knows what happens. They could really die. I don't want to say that they don't. But... how I sort of experienced the void last time. It wasn't like, oh, I'm back and everything's magical. I couldn't sleep. And I think it's possible that when that next level of awareness wakes up, the body is still kind of tied somewhat to the old world like waking up this waking up energy awareness and then the body's tied to this but since there's this another level another level of awakening which is energy it makes it really hard for the body to sleep and then the body can start panicking because it needs to sleep in order to stay in the material world And when that awareness wakes up, it could be that it kind of loses its importance. I'm not sure. But with that extra energy of awareness, it makes it hard to sleep. And that could come back at some point. You know, for last year... Last year, for five months, I was off all medications. I was sleeping fine. Things were good. Now I'm taking a bunch of different medications. Last night, I took the crumbs of Zoplicone, as well as 75 milligrams of trazodone, and two quetiapine, and a Benadryl. So tonight I'll do nose oplicone and then I'll start slowly tapering off the trazodone if I can. It could be just that the brain is so awake it's, it's difficult to sleep. Maybe one only needs to sleep two hours. I don't know. I think if one did that, one would go off into a magical land, probably. I think the brain needs so much sleep to deal with this world that we've all created. But I read an email that was a little frightening that there's still this movement, obviously, to... Make it so all natural products, natural health products, like supplements, vitamins, minerals, are basically illegal. I heard about this a long time ago, but I think they're trying to, you know, government and stuff is trying to, I think they're trying to amend the Natural Health Products Act and make it so all natural health products have to go through the same kind of testing as, as drugs, like clinical trials and things. Even though they're basically food. But that'll make most of them unavailable or really expensive or available in low doses. And I was trying to imagine, here I am trying to navigate by taking supplements and vitamins. Well, what if these things weren't available? That would be really hard. If that were to happen, I think I would have to live in a forest in a hut or something, because I think my brain would need to heal and it wouldn't be able to deal very well with the world. But I think eventually I'll get stronger. I do... I looked and fear is lower than anger on the scale of consciousness, and even though I feel like the fear is gone... When I go into the void, when I come back out of it, which feels like time travel. It felt like time travel. Like I was in a higher energy state that didn't feel higher energy because I wasn't trying to do anything. So that didn't like stimulate my brain into a higher energy state. And then when I felt like I was going through time, psychological time. And then when I came out of it, I felt I was in anger. And I was in anger a bit before. So I do need to do something about this anger. It's not good. It doesn't do any good. Like, Why does it have this hold on the body? I've seen clearly what it creates. And I wonder if anger is a sign maybe not to be in that type of situation because it doesn't feel like it's there when I got myself out of the situation I don't feel angry here so sometimes I feel like it's just sort of the brain responding like fight or flight or anger whatever's there unprocessed not good it's a waste of energy yeah so I'm gonna keep reading this book becoming supernatural and I'm interested in this void thing because he talks about being nobody and nobody and blah 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 So. Last night I had trouble sleeping, so I had to get up and take half a Zoplicone and then I still couldn't sleep, so I had to take the other half. Not that I had to, I could have been more creative and tried to take some more supplements to see if those would make me fall asleep, but the thing is after I took the half the Zoplicone I was kind of like so groggy that I didn't want to try to think about anything. So, so much for getting off that pill at the moment and I was fine all day and then I was interacting with someone and I ended up buying a ticket to a concert that I don't even know the person so I can go with this person to the concert and I felt afterwards kind of irritated by that like my brain was like, why didn't you just say, no I don't know this person, I don't want to go I felt like this need to go to help that person get there maybe because they needed a ride in order to get there but, so I could have driven them and not spend the 50 bucks to go but today I feel more fine about it but I felt like really agitated and then I realized that like that person after they were excited they like pushed on my legs like yes and then my legs felt so restless and I was feeling like why did I agree to go and I I never have this feeling like why am I like why did I do that or usually I am very honest like yeah I don't want to or yes no I do, don't want to or whatever and I wasn't so it feels kind of like I was manipulated into going but I wasn't like this was my brain playing tricks on me and then I was thinking about how it related to a past event where I was sort of like asked to go somewhere kind of manipulated and then things didn't go well because of that because of going to that event and I was just having kind of that feeling about this even though there's no reason to but it just felt like I was on this path of oh I'm just gonna sit in the forest every day and relax and then I'm going to a concert it's like I forgot why I'm here which is to rest and see I'm so forgetful in general, that I don't know how to put up proper boundaries. I I should have said no, because I don't want to go to concerts right now. I want to rest and be in the forest, and that's about it. I don't want to be asked to go to another concert or to another event of some kind of stimulation. And then after that, I literally could not sleep. Like, my brain was just like, blah, blah really annoyed with myself for doing that like spending the 50 bucks which you know, I need to be somewhat smart with my money and not say yes to every $50 concert, but that never happens so it was I wanted to have an experience where I'm actually going out and doing something with someone because there isn't much happening here but I just felt like I'm easily persuaded to do things and I didn't like that because it wasn't something I'm interested in, I could I'll probably perhaps go and really enjoy it, but I'm just talking about the feeling that I had last night and then I couldn't sleep, so because I went against myself and what I'm doing here, like the reason I'm here I had trouble sleeping and then had to take a whole zapplicone and then I realized how interacting with like an energetic being gives me energy and right now I kind of need to interact with next to nobody. I was talking to myself about I'm not in my old epigesthetic matrix where I could have drama created with with other people that I know but now there's new people so this energy could create drama in general any kind of drama, so going out and about is in new ways isn't really the thing to do right now. And I have been going out every day, neither getting food or going to the gro- little grocery store or going to the forest. So I have been out every day, but just by myself and doing things like that. So I think it's a good lesson to learn to realize. Okay, during this period literally don't do anything like my body felt anxious my whole body it just felt Ooh, And I was thinking oh no is this coming back but it's good to know it's still kind of there but this environment as it is it's it's good it doesn't really come out because of because of um the environment and being in nature and earthing and that so this was very like human construct ish and I'm trying to stay away from human constructs though it'll be nice I'm sure I will enjoy my time but I just don't, I don't need it it's not necessary so I have to not be manipulated and I kind of felt like oh, this person hasn't really talked to me for a week, and then as soon as something comes up where they need to get somewhere and I have a car and they don't, then they're being all buddy-buddy. So I did feel kind of manipulated and kind of dumb about it. And usually that doesn't happen, because I'm used to being around my friends, where I just I don't feel manipulated in any kind of way. And I don't... Like, that feeling... If, I don't even know if that's what it was. It was so boring and so uncomfortable. Um, but then I was realizing that it was—it's just bringing up sort of past energies, relaying on the present, and it really has nothing to do with it. So the point really is that in this state, those those untrusting, kind of weirded out energies are still there. They're lying dormant because I'm not really interacting with anyone. But then to interact with someone is really stimulating and those sort of drama things in the brain do come out and express themselves. And then I couldn't sleep. Then I had to take more meds and I feel like it's a bit of a setback. So I will go tonight. Like I'm feeling fine about it today because I got some sleep. I took this zoplicone and I slept it was 12.08 last time I checked and I was laying there for a while and I woke up at 11.38 so I probably got a good 10.5 to 11 hours so I feel fine I don't really feel the side effects of the medications or anything tonight I I might try to be a bit more creative and take a few more vitamins or something and take less of the meds but the thing is it could be good to allow the brain to die back at this point because that's sort of the brain dying back part and becoming less functional but what I did with interacting with another person just made those brain circuits be activated like the circuits of interacting with others and, um, you know, forming new relationships which, you know, it could be good to have a good relationship with a person especially if shit hits the fan here and I need a bit of support so you know it still feels kind of like an exchange of some kind not really natural and then I was thinking how like if it was a different person where I was like feeling lusty towards the person like having an instant crush I would go and spend the 50 bucks and I wouldn't care. So again, it's kind of like, mm, like, is this person somebody who resonates with me or blah, blah, blah. You know, because it's a new person. It's not an old friend or... I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm just trying to watch these things come into being within. And last night was definitely... Something and I think part of it was spurred by them like putting energy into my thighs because that's a place where I feel anxiety sometimes and then it also made me think to look up a somatic experiencing practitioner because they help with body trauma I think and if I don't get this energy out of my body I don't know I'm feeling like I'll just have to keep continuing to drug myself more and more and and met, and use vitamins more and more. and it's just not good. I would rather be off all the vitamins too at some point. Like what is a natural life? And interestingly enough, I noticed that like my cellulite on my legs is gone, mostly and I think it could be because of the earthing because I haven't really been doing enough walking to make it all go because when I was back home I was doing more walking than I am now but I'm doing a bit more earthing and I think being in the forest helps it could also be that during this time when troubles are coming into awareness a lot of those troubles are stored in the body like in the fat So imagine I'm taking medications to help me survive and function in the world while things are wanting to be processed, but instead these medications are getting stored in fat cells, which kind of represents the delaying of having to deal with it. So as that fat is being burnt off in this more higher energy state at this point in time, then some of those things come into awareness. So I don't know if it's the earthing or if it's the stage in this uh, thing happening because I haven't really been eating super healthy. I've been eating Laura bars and pretty healthy I guess. I had some sushi for dinner but lately, last two nights, I made the broccoli and Indian sauce and um, lentils. So I'm really going to try to, after tonight, kind of go back to keeping to myself. Again, I just, I'm not really ready to interact with people. It's not really my best state, even though I feel fine because I'm not interacting with people. So this is where things can get a little bit deceptive. Having a perfect sort of environment, one can think, like for healing and for getting through a crisis to the point where one feels like there is no crisis happening it's there in the background, it can be stirred up so that was the lesson for me so I might think, well, I'm post-crisis and it still could be on its way in two weeks or less Um, I can just do whatever I want, I can go to concerts I can hang out with people, I can be social but I don't think that is the case So, I will go out tonight and, yeah. And yesterday I didn't take any of the anti-suicide type stuff. And I didn't today either. I'm wondering if it's stimulating and keeping me awake, even though it was only last night that I had that trouble. And I didn't really take anything that would be extra stimulating. So I did... I did stop taking the zinc I take at dinner, because I'm taking three a day, so I put that back in, and I'm only taking one of certain things, like the, I was wondering if maybe the neuroplasticity things are too stimulating, so I'm only going to take one of those today, one of each, alpha-G, CP, brain gastrodin, and whatever else, um, CDP-choline so mixing that up a little bit and then yeah I still do have this body anxiety a bit so I'm going to eat something and then probably go out unless it's raining do some earthing and yeah there's probably more to talk about but I just wanted to talk about that with myself and Mind myself to take it easy. Take it easy. So last night, or yesterday, that weirdness I was experiencing had nothing to do with the whole concert ticket thing that I was talking about. There was no manipulation going on. There was nothing like that. But those patterns came into my mind and then it seemed like it got entangled with and and triggered past stuff it was simply going to a concert but even yesterday I think or whatever at whatever point I talked to myself about it I had a weird experience yesterday where I was starting to resist going a little bit again during the day and then I was sort of asking myself like what is this anger what is this about and then there was this stuff coming up inside about not being accepted when I came out and I was like is this what the anger stems from so it really had nothing to do at all with the whole concert ticket thing, but I sort of put past projection onto the present, and then that triggered even more past stuff related to that. So I saw that really clearly, and it still played out, but I was able to just sort of cry to myself for a second and sort of watch the whole pattern play out in private. Gotta take my jacket off. So, realizing that it doesn't have to come out and get put on to other things, and even if it does come out and get put on to other things, like this ticket buying scenario to the concert, which was really fun by the way, and I had no resistance to going, once I saw that that bit of drama play out, that sort of came up and I watched it play out, by myself, alone, There was only one other person around, but they weren't around, so nothing... I was able to keep all of that to myself and not put it on the other person because it had nothing to do with them at all. And I was trying to make it have something to do with them with the whole ticket scenario, but it didn't. And so in having that mini-drama play out, like I was in my room and then was eating or something, and then a bit of the drama came out after talking, but then since I realized... I could just watch it on my own. And then it went away. I was like, wow. Just like get to a private place, let the little bit of drama unfold, see the past, you know, shed a few tears, and then go on with the day and be fine. You know, if I were in a psych ward, it'd probably get turned into a much bigger thing. But since I'm in paradise, you know, paradise can uphold and withhold and withstand and sort of neutralize so much of it it's like yeah a little bit of drama wants to come out but it doesn't want to derail the whole thing because there's too much beauty to be immersed in Um, so yeah it was a really powerful lesson like it seems like I can handle these bits of drama on my own whether they're in daily life or involved in trying to sleep or anything like that so this feels empowering because it feels like now I'm getting to a point where I can handle whether it's 10 minutes of drama on my own or not being able to sleep these little bits which are becoming smaller and smaller seemingly I'm able to handle them more and more maybe because they're coming because they're um, smaller and smaller or maybe they're smaller and smaller because I can handle it better or because I can see what's going on better so I'm not letting it derail everything and also not trying to do too much and um yeah and then I didn't get back from the concert which was really good I didn't know the music but it was still really good and enjoyable even though I had an hour hours so probably one and a half hours 90 minutes of tension out of the whole probably three or so hours so like half the time I was breathing tense maybe because it was so loud and intense I'm not sure but it's not the greatest to be in that kind of situation I had way more tense breathing than I did at that other concert a couple weeks ago so that's good to know so I'm spending some time in nature at the beach. Gonna do some earthing. I really think earthing does a lot. I could read that book again. I might I don't know if I have it on Kindle app or only in paper copy. So Yeah, and then last night I took some of my supplements. I took I took 6 lithium orotate because I didn't take one during the day so I really only took one extra, close to 30 milligrams, which I'm only supposed to go up to 20 but um, it does help with sleep and he Peter Smith did say I could go a bit higher so I took those first and let them sink in and taurine and then I took the zinc a bit after because zinc and lithium they're both minerals so they might compete with each other so i wanted to take the lithiums before and let it sink in and then after that take the zinc and sunflower lecithin and all that and then i i didn't take the zoplicone even though the night before i took one whole zoplicone so maybe i should taper off right since it was later at night I didn't take any zoplicone I thought maybe I'll sleep and so now I'm not on that and I took 75 milligrams of trazodone and the 2-quetiapine, I was going to take 3 one in place of the zoplicone but I didn't, and the Benadryl so that's good that hopefully I can not use the zoplicone and maybe I need to go to sleep later maybe I need to go to sleep a bit later, fall asleep naturally instead of going a bit earlier to sleep and drugging myself to sleep for 12 hours. Because today I had probably 8 hours of sleep and I woke up feeling totally rested. I didn't have 11 or 10 hours. But I think it's good to sort of keep my brain sleeping as much as I can. So we'll see how much... We'll see if having eight hours of sleep last night will help me get to sleep a little earlier and more naturally tonight. I'll try to take a little bit less trazodone. And yeah, just spend as much time in nature as I can. So it's important to remember, people don't know what's going on inside. So if there's a drama of the past, like a past reaction coming up, just let it unfold let it flower, let it wither, let it die in the light of awareness and don't make others aware of it because it's temporary that wants to get propagated but if it doesn't then it loses its grip or if one sees it for what it is it's hard for that to take one over again Possibly. And also I read yesterday that somebody else killed themselves. A celebrity of some cooking chef type show. I can't remember his name. I didn't know of him. But yeah, again, kind of without warning. Somebody else who is a celebrity kills themselves and I was sort of surprised by the article because it was quite long and it was mostly focused on all of that person it was a man all of his achievements it's like oh it's sad he died by suicide but he did this and this and this and this and this and this whereas the few days before when it was Kate Spade it was like Kate Spade died <laughs> and you know, said a little bit, but this was like a nice article that you might read if somebody died of a heart attack for the guy, and for the woman, it's like it, there was nothing like that. So, obviously, two different writers and things, but um, the other one for the guy was like, Oh, no big deal, you know, he died by suicide, he did all this, this was his journey, it's very long and kind of nice. Um, I don't know what the heck was up with that but yeah, it didn't have the same feel it wasn't maybe as like sad and frantic and like short as Kate Spade the reporting on on her I don't know what the difference was there (sighs) hmm had something come to mind yesterday where I do feel that there is something that goes on, possibly, from what I've experienced, or that we go into a different dimension of possibility. It could be kind of like the movie Dis- The Discovery. Um, it could be kind of like that. Like, we don't, if we do it, we don't actually get out of the trap. We might go to like a parallel reality where things are actually a bit worse for us and we're still ourselves and we sort of wake up having a bad dream about that other life that was just like, oh, that was weird. I I dreamt that I was a celebrity chef doing a show, Um, you know, and then you wake up in some crappy apartment with a, a shittier life. So I don't know if that is really the way out. I don't. Yeah, I'm not sure. Or it could be that one goes on into a different life. This is the thing. There is other dimensions for sure, and there are other realities. And there's also the possibility of eternity and getting to the point of eternity where there's no beginning and there's no end. So if there's no beginning and there's no end, there's no there's no death. There's some kind of transformation that appears like death when we sort of molt to that previous life. So what I'm saying is is death might not be the answer. We might think it's the way out, but it might not be. So what if it wasn't? what if we knew if we ended our life that we'd end up in worse circumstances as a human being i don't know if that's true but it sort of came to mind the other yesterday i was like whoa imagine that and imagine if if that were true and say i do get to the point when i'm you know 50 or 55 or 60 and i'm like wow i just can't do this anymore this whole up and down or whatever it is unless it's evened out by then but if I can't then even that might not be the answer so yeah in a way it relates to what I'm talking about how you know I realized that past conditioning was coming into this interaction over a a concert ticket I'm like, what is this? This isn't about this person now. Like, I just met this person. They're new. Like, what is this? And then it sort of came up into awareness, and I had to deal with that for a a short time. Or watch it. Not even deal with it. Just watch it play out. Which is sort of what we have to do all the time. Just sometimes... Sometimes when it's like a chunk of something we have to watch the pattern play out like imagine somebody who has compulsive eating they have the impulse to eat and then they're literally watching themselves do all this eating like over 5 10 15 minutes or whatever I don't know and now the same thing this this impulse of the past conditioning that comes out You, you kind of have to watch it play out for five minutes and you feel like you you have no control and you don't, but you can watch it. And when you watch it, even though it might last for 5 minutes, 10 minutes a day, when you watch it, even though it's unfolding and you can't stop it, you you begin to understand a lot of it. And understanding it is more important than than trying to stop it through some other kind of volitional act. And so right now I don't feel like I'm watching myself say this over five minutes like it's just unfolding and happening and I can't stop it. I feel like it's a moment-to-moment thing. I don't even know what I'm gonna say next. It's it's not pre-thought out in my mind. So it's just moment, moment, moment. But when it's a chunk that feels like, oh wow, this is gonna go on for a minute or two or five, you gotta watch it. You gotta watch every moment and you gotta watch when a pattern of conditioning of the past starts to unravel itself to, to to show us something and I'm really seeing how useless all of that is and how destructive like I could have I wouldn't have but I could have possibly been like I don't want to go here I don't even want the ticket like find your own way but after that little bit of drama unfolded with myself I was like wow That's just a bunch of crap. I'm going and it's going to be fun. And I don't even give a crap about the 50 bucks anymore. Like, it was really stupid. Really dumb. So, yeah, it was a mistake. It was a mistake of what was going on. It was recognizing, thinking I was recognizing what was going on, but I wasn't. I was only tricking my own brain out of being in the present moment so yeah being in the space where one can watch that whether it's a a pattern for a few minutes or moment to moment is as it feels empowering I don't know speaking of empowering I'm gonna go do some earthing